All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we're diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I'm your host, Olivia Radcliffe, and I am here with the amazing Carrie Flynn. I am so excited to talk with you today, Carrie. I, because I, well, I won't give any spoilers, but I'm excited to talk. Um, So Carrie is the owner of Virtual Simplicity LLC, which specializes in helping their clients get their online programs created, designed, and ready to launch using their Zen launch formula so that they can launch with ease and maximize their profits fast. So Carrie, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on this lovely Monday morning. Hopefully it's nice where you are. Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, I tend to always start off with, I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you help your clients. Oh, that's a really, (laughs) that's a big question. I'll try to sum it down. So basically we kind of came up with this Zen launch formula. So essentially what that means is I noticed a trend. I used to be an online business manager when I started my business and worked with a lot of clients who were launching things Mm -hmm. and then started niching down and launching. What I noticed was there was this common theme and it's still happening today where people sort of have this very panicked, like overwhelming, like the the thought of launching something kind of Mm -hmm. activates this like yeah. feeling inside of you and everybody seems to like just that's the vibe and then people always go through launches at least it seems like in my experience overstressed and a lot of what we call launch emotions tend to show up and so there's a lot of mindset things that peak peak out mm. and so it became really obvious to me like I have a pretty wide zone of tolerance for a lot of stuff and so I don't have those same experiences. And I'm like, what is it about launching that causes all of this stress and stuff? And so we started looking at a few different areas that this happens. And so we kind of narrowed it down to three kind of main parts. There's the first phase of a launch where you're creating your strategy and your blueprint, which people can get that kind of stress feeling when they don't create an actual plan (laughs) or have a strategy and they just run into things. So that's one way that we help people is help people who struggle with that, struggle to stick to a plan, struggle mm-hmm. to like create a strategy that works for their people and them, like mm-hmm. help kind of deal with that and create something that's really going to work for them. And for those people that really struggle with that piece, that will alleviate a lot of that stress because they know exactly what to do when they have that plan in place. There's a second phase of it, which is all the implementation. As you know, there's a lot of moving parts when you're creating things for a launch Mm -hmm. and people will panic about creating a sales page that like they panic about putting that together. They get stressed about, do I have the right types of emails? Do I have the right this and that? And we also help people with that. So for those folks who have maybe a plan or, or, but they don't know how to put any of this stuff together we can help, we help them with that too. And then the last phase is the actual launch itself. And that's where we can run into some mindset stuff and Mm -hmm. high emotions. And there's a lot of things happening at once. And so we help clients to oversee all of those moving parts to support them 
emotionally, um, mindset wise, like through that process and encourage them to really take care of themselves because even the most successful people can run into these issues, even right. if they've launched 17 times. <laughs> right. right. So that's pretty much what we do. We have those three phases that we support and offer services in and work with clients, even if it's just in one phase or we do all of it for some people that need all of them. Okay. That's good. What, what are some of the, you mentioned all the mindset issues that come up. Um, what are some examples of some of the common mindset issues you see repeating in your clients throughout the different stages? Um, a lot of it will come out of um, imposter syndrome is a big one that comes up a lot. This will show up sometimes before um, people are actually opening the doors. They'll look at um, and comparison. Sometimes those two go hand in hand, but I see this, those two is very common kind of as you're preparing for it, you'll start to question, am I like really any good at this? And this happens to people who, I mean, you could be launched three times and still something will trigger that in you, Mm -hmm. especially if you're like moving up or scaling or growing a business, you know, growing it to the next level, maybe you're doing something new. Oh my gosh, that's a big one. Like and that comes up a lot and that will either cause people to freeze and not do anything. They'll avoid actually picking a date. They won't, they'll, they'll just sort of spin mm-hmm. or they'll barrel and just go too fast. And that can cause some chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like fight or flight, either you're going to, or freeze, you know, or you're going to do one yeah. of those two, three things you're going to freeze. I've seen a lot of people freeze. And then I've seen a lot of people kind of turn into fight or flight, like, mm-hmm. and people can get up too emotional or lash out, um, at other people. It's just projection stuff, but it happens all the time. And it's not intentional or personal to people on their team or anything. It's just, there's stuff that they're dealing with. Right. Um, comparison happens. Uh, another big one, I would say, when you're looking at somebody you admire, who's even even a colleague, it doesn't have to be somebody a thought leader in the space that you're in, but mm-hmm. you see somebody doing really well, and maybe your situation is not there. That's very easy to get your eyes off the what you need to be focused on, and then that can cause you to do things that you don't need to do, take on too much over spend and invest. You can pick on strategies that won't work for your business. Like there's so many ways that you can get off the path because you're looking at somebody else's thing. That happens a lot too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I know in my own personal business, my own personal self, I hit that imposter syndrome mindset a lot. Like Every time I think I've overcome it and I know it, I know to expect it. It's yep. still hit. It's still there. It's still there. <laughs> and then, that's another thing too, is people, I think people mistakenly think that once you get to a certain place that all of a sudden magically goes like, away. Yeah. everything's going to go away. Like yeah. I have had clients in the past and present who are making millions of dollars in revenue and mm-hmm. we are still seeing little things pop up. Yeah. And that's just a part of it. And I think the more people can anticipate it and expect it and accept it as part of the process, the faster you get through it, at least in in my experience, I know, as you mentioned, the fight, flight, or freeze responses. Mm -hmm. I know when imposter syndrome hits, I tend to do the freeze part. (laughs) Um, 
And I, I then start, I, I know in myself, when I start looking at all these other courses I should take, or, you know, well, yep. that program looks really good. I should really boost my knowledge in that before Correct. I launch. Then I know that I'm yeah. You'll try to team. like take on, like I do this yeah. too. Oh, maybe I should, I need to do some more coaching or I need yeah. to do some more um, a masterminding, or I need to go like do this thing over here. And I'm like, in, in truth, honestly, the best thing you can do is put it out there mm-hmm. and then start getting the info. Like yeah. that's really scary to do. Mm-hmm. If it's, especially if it's a first time or it's new, like you've added something new or different. It's like you change something that's a scary place to be. So, and I want everybody to know, like, I'm right there with you. I have all of the knowledge. I've launched people all Mm -hmm. a lot and I still struggle with it personally. It's just when it's for you, it's a a more vulnerable place to be. So I totally get that. Absolutely. So you actually grew your business to six figures while you were still working as a teacher. Yes. So how did you do that? weird when you hear it out loud. Um, (laughs) I think there's a few reasons. One, um, you know, I have to be honest and tell people I didn't start out intending that I want everybody to know, like when I started five years ago, I just had my second child. I had an eight year old and a six and a half month old baby. And I was teaching full time. And my only goal was to just have more revenue. Mm -hmm. So if that's where you are, that's okay. Like That's okay. okay. That's where I was hundred percent. I just wanted like extra money in our budget budget. But I really got into it. I started as a virtual assistant. And like I said earlier, became an OBM. I was an online business manager for a few years. um, And I worked and I really enjoyed it. I was supporting other clients. And I think the thing I loved about it was I was challenged and it was, it gave me like a creative outlet. Um, But I, I just slowly did it. A lot of relationship marketing, I will tell you. That's mm-hmm. I didn't know at the time that's what I was doing. I had I was very like kind of green and didn't know, but I used a lot of relationship marketing tactics to help grow my business. Um, you know, just connecting with people online, building relationships. I was investing in my in my business. Once I got kind of more serious about wanting to grow it is when I really started sort of investing in mm-hmm. like paid memberships or coaching, coaching programs, et cetera. And every time I would do that, it would open more doors for me to connect with new people. And um, that had a huge impact on me. I also just was really kind of in a unique position by the time COVID happened, I was already niched into working and launching and working in building parts of launch. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people um, came online during that period and needed help with that. And so that I believe fast tracked it a little bit more than it probably would have had I not had that. So I imagine that probably made it happen quicker, but honest to God, I was very intentional I spent two hours a day. I didn't really overwork myself. I didn't work a lot of weekends Mm -hmm. and I just used the time that I had. I showed up as I had available and I used the relationships that I had to leverage and move up and, and build more, bring in more clients and things like that. Right. And that's really how it happened. (laughs) So I mean, it's an amazing story and an amazing accomplishment. And I love what you said about being very clear on why you started your business. You Mm -hmm. wanted more revenue. Um, 
because I think a lot of people, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk with my clients and we'll talk about, well, what's your why, you know, why are you doing this? Um, and they get all these answers of, um, you know, everyone wants to help the rest of the world. They want to help others. They want to serve others. And that's a very good, noble thing. And I think everyone wants that on some level, but then we also have to remember why, what are those other reasons doing it? Mm -hmm. Do you want to go on vacation with your family? Like, and it's not selfish to say that's what you want and that's why you're doing it. Or if you want to make more money, you know, well, why do you want to make more money? What are you going to do with that money? And um, it's especially the moms I work with there. That's when the mom guilt kind of sneaks in over. Um, Well, I want to do this so I can be home with my kids. That's great. And that might be a reason, but there's more there and kind of digging into that a little bit, Mm -hmm. I think helps, um, I don't know, helps solidify those, those reasons and that drive. And so you can be very intentional about what you're doing. Um, but I'm curious as to your specific systems, how did you with, with your two young kids and your job, do you have any tips or tricks as to how you actually like manage to stay on top of everything with what yeah. you were being intentional with? Yeah, I will say like there will come a time just to caveat the end. There was a time where I had to be really realistic that I wasn't going to be able to grow anymore without mm-hmm. making a decision to, to take it full time. So just mm-hmm. know that that did there that day did come. Um, but what I did do was number one, I whatever time I had, I used. So that was really important. Um, And I was very clear that I wasn't going to work around the clock. And so I would get on before school started Mm -hmm. and do a lot of my social media stuff in the mornings. So I had about a 30 minute window before in between dropping my kids off and school starting. And I would just sit there. Sometimes I would go on Instagram and go live or I would, um, you know, get into Facebook groups or whatever I was going to do. I spent those 30 minutes sort of like pretty intentional. And then the evening times was when I would maybe have a couple of hours where I would work Mm -hmm. on things and if necessary, do client calls during that time too. Mm -hmm. And so usually between seven and eight 30 was when I was working. Now my daughters were younger, so they went to bed earlier. So like I could get away with doing that. My husband also traveled a lot. So when he was gone, I would work at night. Cause I was like, well, I'm just sitting here. My kids are asleep. Yeah. You know, I'm, well, I'm watching yeah. TV anyway. <laughs> so the stuff that I could do, like while watching TV in the background, I would usually do later at night, like when my yeah. kids were asleep, um, you know, but I was pretty intentional about that. And then I had stuff like I could do for my phone. So I had little like scripts. So if I was going to like share something in, in a Facebook group or respond to a job posting or what have you. I had little things like saved on my notes app. I still do that today. Like I still have those and I just share them. I had like, I have a whole notes thing full of hashtags that I can, yes. use, but, you know, just little place things that you can place. And I have an Apple iPhone, so I would put it in the notes app. So if I wanted to use it for my computer, I could also, you know, use it for my phone. And so I put a lot of stuff in the notes app and then I can find it really quick, mm-hmm. like, and just post it or, or use it. And that helps save a ton of time. Um, 
I have the apps for all the needed stuff on my phone. So if I needed to get into like Canva or whatever and make something really quick and download it, I could do that really quick too. So that helped a ton. Like, and then I did just prepare ahead of time on Sundays for maybe an hour or so, just like I would batch, batch a lot of content or even prepare all of my lunches for the week ahead of time, just getting as much done. So I didn't have to like scramble as much as possible. Like that really worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but that is how I did it. Um, Mm -hmm. I worked a lot. It was a lot of work, um, but I enjoyed it. So it didn't feel like dreadful all the time. Yeah. That's I, uh, I have a two-year-old son right now. Um, and I follow a lot of your same tips and tricks there. Um, and a lot of times it can kind of feel like, you know, wake up and I'm working and then it doesn't really feel, and then you're, then you're being a mom, you're doing everything else around the household. So you're still kind of working. And then the end of the day you're working. And, um, I, I know for myself, like I love working in my business so it doesn't necessarily, and I love being with my sons and then it doesn't necessarily feel like work, but my mind and my body still feels it a little yep. bit. You know, I, I might not feel like I'm stressed or overwhelmed or anything, but there's sometimes at the end of the day, my brain is like, no, I'm not doing anything. Oh, yeah. else. No. And that's okay. I think it's yeah. important to know that too. Like I didn't really work on the weekends. Yeah. My husband was always home on weekends. So I wasn't a weekend worker. Like that was not a thing that I did. It was very rare for me to work on a Saturday or a Sunday. Just not, not a thing. That is important to know that you can totally set it up however you want. That's the beauty of it. You can do as much or as little as you want. Like for me, I did it the way that worked for me. And I wanted to do that amount of work. So I didn't have to do it on the weekends, but you don't have to. Like that's the kind of cool part about it is, and you don't have to ever quit your full-time job. Like if you right. just want to have it to be a side thing, great. Like that's totally fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's all about your lifestyle that's and how right. you want to live and how much you want to work and what you want to do there. Yeah. That's yeah. If you don't want to work the weekends, then there's ways to set it up where you don't work the weekends. For me, I don't compromise on my sleep. So oh, it's that's like, my other one. Yes. I'm going to sleep at 11, whether, yes. you know, we're in a launch or not. So like, exactly. I'm not staying up all night, like checking your links. That's not a thing I'm going to do. Yeah, absolutely. So that's yes. And it's just discovering what works for you. That's hundred percent. actually want and then sticking to it, like yeah, scheduling it. Yes. That's the hard part. Sticking to it. All right. Well, thank you so much for this. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you have a last minute, actionable, hard hitting bit of advice for the listeners? Oh, does it, what type of hard hitting advice would you like? (laughs) Whatever you feel like you need to give at the moment. I think it could be helpful. I think it's important to know what your definition of success is. Mm -hmm. This is a big one that you will fall into a trap of no matter whether it's in a launch, general business or personal, like it's so easy to look at other people, what their definitions of success are Mm -hmm. and drive your goals towards that. So just know that there is no like one revenue goal or whatever that is the right success one. It's personal to everybody. 
So mine is, I want to have options and that can look like money options, lifestyle options, Mm -hmm. having flexibility in my schedule. Like that's how I determine like what success is for me. And then I think really thinking about what your core values are, are really important too. So like the reason why we call our launches Zen launches is because simplicity and calm and peace are some of my core values. Mm -hmm. And it's super easy to get caught up in wanting to take that away. I just caught myself doing it this weekend. I don't have to take on other people's stress so they can have Zen and I don't get to have Zen. Now, everybody gets to decide what peace and calm looks like for them. So I just say, I would say, whatever you're doing with your business or your launch, just make sure you know what your definition of success is and what are your core values. And if you don't stray from that, you're going to be okay. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you again so much, Carrie, for joining us. Um, if people want to continue the conversation with you, where can they find you? Um, if you just want to find out what our business does and what services we offer, our website's a great place to look. It's virtualsimplicity.co, not com, .co. But I'm also on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, you can just search Carrie Flynn on LinkedIn. And then my Instagram is at virtualsimplicity. So those are great, great places to find me social. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and would like to support some fellow mompreneurs, we'd really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we'll be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care.